First to market sector franchise or the challenge. Hi, it's Brian here from Franchise Simply. Welcome to today's Franchise Radio Show. Great to have you in place. Um, just to mention here, we're committed, as you know, to making sure you're informed about all sorts of things in franchising. And today I've got an interesting uh, uh, person I'm talking to from the US who's just in recent years started a new franchise group. And we'll go into that in more detail in a moment. So uh, I'm pretty excited about this because he's, he's an interesting guy and I think no matter what sector of franchising you're in, you'll find this conversation a very easy one and a very interesting one. So a quick reminder to have a pen and paper ready if you do, if you can, because I think you'll find some interesting notes here. And for our members, you'll find this show will be in our vault within a few days. Um, so um, Greg Shockley. Greg Shockley... Um, is a franchisor with a company called Fruitive, a great name. Um, and uh, he grew up in a home where healthy eating mattered. Um, but once he was on his own, he abandoned fruit and vegetables and for junk foods and a familiar sort of situation and spent years with debilitating headaches. Um, eventually, he, he put together the connection between diet and health and returned to plant-based diet. Um, he opened Fruitive in Virginia, um, their first certified organic vegan restaurant in May 2012. Um, and the dream behind this for him was to have somewhere his parents and kids could always eat healthy, delicious food. Now today he's migraine free, which is fantastic. And as Fruitive CEO, he oversees four, uh, four or five locations and he's making plans to expand his franchise group. So, welcome to you today, Greg. Lovely to have you along. Thank you. It's glad to be with you. Um, so, um, I'd like to start by saying, can you give us a little bit beyond the, the bio I shared there um, of the brief history of Fruitive and uh, its evolution? Yes. I, I remember as a boy, my dad always telling me, uh, eat your fruits and vegetables, and and I would push away my plate and uh, grumble and complain a little bit uh, about having to eat uh, the peas on the plate or the uh, salads. And I still remember as a teenager saying, uh, someday when I'm on my own, I'm never going to eat a salad again because I've eaten too many salads in my life already. <laughs> and, and so when I when I finally was on my own, I you know I just ate a lot of junk food and 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 very quickly uh, started getting headaches and um, the headaches were pretty bad. I got a lot of migraines and I didn't make the association at the time between uh, my diet and, uh, and my headache. Um, but after I got married, my wife, uh, she started a food journal where she started tracking everything that I was eating. And uh, quickly we realized that my headaches were caused by uh, certain foods that I ate uh, and then primarily uh, junk food and, um, you know, food that we generally know is not healthy for you. So I, I started returning to uh, the diet that my parents uh, encouraged, which was mostly fruits and vegetables. And um, and then, um, you know, when I was uh, when I, in 2011, I was in my mid-30s and uh, had just uh, wrapped up another business that I had started in the um, uh, green energy sector. And uh, I had just uh, sold, sold my share of that company, and we were trying to figure out what uh, my wife and I wanted to do with our lives next. And my parents gave me a call, and they were traveling through a major city in the U.S., and they, they said, Greg, can you go online and help us find a restaurant to eat at tonight? 
And so I went online and I uh, started looking uh, specifically for a healthy restaurant because I wanted my parents to get some good, healthy food. Um, and I was surprised that it was so difficult to find a healthy restaurant. So I, I immediately began thinking, why, why not start a restaurant where I know that every ingredient on the menu is something that I would want my parents to eat or my children to eat? And, uh, and that, that was uh, how the idea of Fruit of uh, started. And a few weeks later, I was trying to come up with a name for the restaurant. And I, I wanted to combine the word fruits and vegetables because I knew the restaurant was going to be 100% plant-based. And so I started typing into Google fruit and uh, veg or fruits and vegetables and just trying to come up with different names. And after three hours of searching, I typed in fruit and then I put a space and then I typed in VE. Uh, so I left off the G off of veg. Mm-hmm. And Google, Google said, did you mean fruitive? And I thought, oh, I've never heard that word before. I wonder what fruitive means. And so I clicked on it and it, it was a dictionary word. And the dictionary said that fruitive means able to produce enjoyment or able to produce fruit. And I, was, and I thought, that's it. That's the name right there. And I quickly looked to see if the dot-com was available. Somebody was trying to sell it for $999, and I bought it, and that was the, the name of the company. And so I began researching. We traveled to uh, throughout the United States, went to all the major cities, um, went to New York City multiple times, and Los Angeles and San Francisco and uh, Chicago and Denver went through these cities and I went and visited any restaurant that I could find that was uh, somewhat health focused. And I found juice bars and I found acai bowl places and salad places and vegan sandwich shops and uh, farm to fork concepts and organic places. And so what I did is I visited all these different restaurants that had some kind of health focus. And I, and I ended up taking ideas from many of them and creating something that I had never that I hadn't seen, and and that was a concept that kind of pulled the best uh, of what I could find together into one fast casual, health focused restaurant. And we opened the doors of our first location uh, in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and that was in May of 2012 that we opened the doors. Fantastic. I mean, the name caught my eye. I mean, it's absolutely brilliant. You know, every now and again you see a name that just stands out. And to me, I I didn't know that was a dictionary word, I have to say. But uh, people are very inventive with words these days, so you never know what's coming next. But I love that. It's a great story. And, uh, you know, you've obviously done a lot of research. So so obviously, you, you, you no doubt you and I could talk for hours. Um, but uh, just to just to sort of make it succinct, how, how would you de- or how do you describe the the fruitive franchise to a prospective franchisee? Because this is of interest to me and to our listeners, I'm sure. Yeah. So we um, over the last uh, eight years, we have opened um, five uh, franchise locations. Or not? I'm sorry, not franchise locations. Five corporate locations. And to be honest with you, in the beginning, I. I didn't want to do franchising. I thought I thought of franchising as something that would would lower the quality of the brand if I didn't have um, control over every location. 
and um, and so for the for for many years I wasn't interested in franchising. Um, but what happened is I had uh, somebody who was uh, is considered a leader in the franchise world. He approached me and he said, you know, Greg, your concept is just perfect for a franchise. And, and I said, well, I don't want to do a franchise. And, you know, I don't want to uh, sacrifice quality. And, um, and I told him my reasons for not wanting a franchise. And he said, Greg, uh, you know, actually, if you find the right franchisees uh, that are have ownership in, uh, in, in your location and in the location that they, you know, start in their town and their city and their community, he said, actually, they bring so much more passion than, than just the manager can bring. And he, he answered all my questions so well that by the time I was done with the conversation with him, I said, man, I really need to look more into this uh, franchising idea. So I got different books that I could get on the subject and and talk to some uh, more uh, leaders in the franchise space. And, and just after, you know, doing some investigating, I, I realized, you know, I really feel like our future is uh, future with um, working with uh, business owners who want to, uh, and entrepreneurs who want to start a, a fruitive location in their own community. Right, that's an interesting story. And, yeah, it's not an uncommon one, but it, it's, uh, it's interesting because I think we, we all see people similar to your background a few years ago where you were reluctant to go into franchising but uh, um, so we'll dig a little bit deeper and find out what this passion has meant from these people that have joined you so 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 do, do you have a, a short what's your sort of elevator pitch when you when I say to you what do you do how do you describe the fruitive franchise Greg? Yeah so what we do is we um, we the a fruitive location. We're a fast, casual restaurant, and so uh, our menu has everything uh, in the morning. It, when we open up, most of our locations open at 7 a.m. When we open up in the morning, we have acai bowls, um, and those are made of uh, typically organic frozen uh, fruits that we blend up, and or the customer can get a liquid meal smoothie. Um, they can also get a uh, you know, a produce blend is what we call them. And, you know, so in the mornings we start off with some healthy breakfast options. Then around lunchtime, our customers can come in and get salads or wraps or sandwiches or even our plant-based um, uh, pizza. And, you know, throughout the afternoon, uh, customers will come in and get a snack, um, like our avocado toast, uh, which is our number one selling item. And, and then at dinner time, we're still open for people that want to, still come in and, and get that healthy uh, dinner meal, um, like what, or like our Southwest Romaine wrap, um, which is, is one of our most popular wraps. And so, uh, you know, a franchise uh, EO, a franchisee will, will, you know, open the location in the morning and, and just make sure that, um, you know, all of our customers are, are being served uh, healthy food um, uh, with a, with a, you know, with a passion and energy for, for, um, treating everybody that walks through the door the way that we want our parents treated um, when they walk into a restaurant. 
Right, excellent. Well, um, that's, it's um, as we were discussing off air before we started our, our, our interview, Greg. You know, the US is um, is many times larger. I think it's about thirty times larger than than uh, than Australia. And that's not right, but about fifteen times larger. So um, we have to scale that down. But you know, the world's changing quickly, much quicker than ever ever before. Certainly in my lifetime probably uh, even even younger peoples as well but um with that of course the evolution of um healthy eating is something that's happening quite rapidly and australia tends to follow the american lead by several years um sometimes it's you know around the five years sometimes a bit more there's a lag we see it in franchising generally um with multi-unit franchisees becoming pop more popular here now but it's really well established in the states but when we look at your particular industry how big is the plant-based restaurant industry in the u.s great yeah when we started in uh 2011 2012 it really wasn't uh too popular yet you know you had a few uh vegan restaurants in major cities um but you you didn't really have uh restaurants that like ours that were really not just focused on um you know, vegan burgers and vegan pizzas, but really focused on whole food plant-based, which is um, we're not just doing imitation meats. We're really focused on, you know, just getting uh, our customers a healthy um, meal that we're making from scratch in in the restaurant with uh, fresh fruits and vegetables. And so what we've seen over the last uh, eight years is just tremendous growth in this space. Um, And one interesting um, fact is that 90 to 95 percent of our customers are not actually um, vegan um, mm. to uh, have that healthy plant-based meal um, for breakfast lunch or dinner and um, and so we're really excited that we really are appealing to just the average uh, person that that wants to be healthier um, and and so um, you know I also I I and the founder of plantbased.com where I, where I blog about plant-based issues every day. And so, you know, I'm, I'm definitely a leader in the plant-based space and it's been one see how many people are, um, you know, exploring eating plant-based for, for more of their diet. And, uh, you know, it's just really exciting time for us. I, I don't know if, how it is in Australia, but when you walk into the grocery store in the United States now, some dairy, uh, dairy aisles, it's almost 50% now that is uh, taken over by plant-based milk, um, whether it's almond milk or cashew milk or oat milk. And, that, and, and you also go to the, um, you know, other aisles in the store and you're going to see plant-based option in almost every aisle, whether it's the meat aisle or the dairy aisle or the snack aisle. And that's just really, it's an exciting time for, um, for those of us who want to see the world for, um, you know, turn towards uh, more plant-based options. Well, that's amazing. I, I, I'm a keen, healthy eater, driven by Prue, my wife, uh, who keeps a good eye on things. Um, so we're conscientious. A uh, couple of daughters are very inclined that way. So whilst not vegans, they, they've spent some time as vegans, I think, in the last decade or two. But when I think in your comparison here, I would say that maybe, you know, maybe less than 20% of the milks, for example, would be, you know, soy and other types of bases. And as to other areas... There's a small but growing area. There's a number of restaurants and chains and hamburger chains that are 
sort of moving in that direction. But uh, it seems to me that there's a huge lag and a massive market here from that point of view because the trends are the same. There's no two ways about it. So, okay, thanks. That that was that. That's fascinating to hear, and I look forward to going to plantbase.com as well to have a look at your blogs. I'll be sending that out to my my daughters and a few friends. So, uh, um, since, since you started Fruitive, um, your accumulated sort of knowledge over the what the what the nine or eight or nine years. What what's been the most interesting thing you've seen happen? Well, I'd have to I'd have to um, come to the most recent. Uh situation and that is um the coronavirus uh you know just obviously it's a shock for everyone in the world to have to uh you know close down some of our restaurant locations and close down our dining uh, rooms and all of our locations and uh move very rapidly to uh to like uh you know only delivery and takeouts and so you know i, I would definitely say this is this been the most fascinating uh and difficult turn of events but my dad always has always raised me you know to believe that whenever there's a crisis it's a it really is a moment of opportunity for us to find a way through the crisis and learn from the crisis and 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 really have that focus that you know we're going to take this challenge and, and and allow it to make us better and um so i really we've really used this time for self reflection uh, who, who are we as a company? Who are we as a brand? And um, you know, we really, we really realize like we have to continue to focus on promoting a healthier world because um, you know people are realizing more and more the importance of healthy eating. And um, and so yeah, I think definitely to answer your question, the, the most uh, challenging and interesting time uh, over the last eight years has really been the last. Uh, four months. Mm. Yes, look, and there's a lot of people, uh, people going in all directions from the effect of coronavirus, and uh, we we were fairly much on top of it in Australia here until just the last few days. There's suddenly there's been a huge breakout in uh, in Melbourne, one of our capital cities, and uh, it hits you with a bang because we were probably a bit complacent, thinking, well, we've done very well. Nothing like the US or UK or France or Italy or any of those sorts of places, um, but suddenly it's it's uh, it's jumped up and hit us in the face and from community sort of um, transmission. So uh, yeah, and there are a lot of a lot of businesses. Some of our clients have uh, made major changes and said actually it's ironically the best thing that's ever happened to them. It's given them a chance to, as you say, self-reflect. And uh, and I think there are people listening today who'll be in that mood where they realise they have to make some changes for a number of reasons. So when you're looking for a franchisee, I suppose this segues quite nicely into this, what, what do you look for? What are the qualities you look for in a potential franchisee, Greg? Well, we've always been very clear about what our core values are as a company. And the number one uh, core value for Fruitive is genuine care for others. And that really does come from the founding of Fruitive, where I really wanted to uh, start a place specifically that would be a healthy option for my parents or my children or, or, or my extended family or my community. And so really started with that, you know, how I want my, how I want my uh, parents treated is, is the same way that I want my customers treated and my community treated. And so, um, so our first core value as a company is genuine care 
for others. Our second core value is the diligent servant attitude. And that really comes from uh, when I think about the vast employees that I've had, and we've had hundreds with, with five locations and open so many years, we've had hundreds of employees over the years. And when I think through the top employees um, that come to my mind, every one of them exemplify a diligence, a, you know, enjoying to uh, working hard, um, but also having an attitude where you enjoy working with them, where everybody enjoys working with them, our customers enjoy being around them, mm. and, and even if it's a tough day or it's a busy day, you, the person is, is giving everyone energy to keep going and keep a good attitude, and so um, that's our second core value, is that diligent servant attitude. And then our third value is uh, continual growth, and, and having a growth mindset where we really are always saying, you know, how do we how do we as a company continue to make sure that our customers are, are loving coming in every day um, and, and that we're continuing to challenge ourselves to listen to our customers? What is it that, they, that they're looking for? What is it that they want? How can we keep improving to, to serve them um, uh, better and better uh, each day? And so, uh, you, you know, it, it's just uh, definitely um, as we look for um, people that are going to join our team as franchisees. Those are the three values that I'm going to be really looking for. I, I love them. They're nice and succinct, and they, they they're very contemporary. I think with with modern thought and uh, and the realization of people that uh, not just people in business and customers, but psychologists and marketers. You realize that those really care for others. You know that diligence and that that continual growth is is really the key to successful business. And uh, and I love the the comment about <laughs> you know it's it's having the energy and so much of that is is just personality, isn't it? You 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 know it can't be false. It's got to be someone's core sort of uh, part of their part of their makeup, basically. Basically, so when you get someone that meets your criteria and tick off a few other boxes, you know they've got funding and this that and the other. So great, that's very interesting. Those three core um, values that you have. So you you found someone with that with that with those values um, and so forth that's no doubt got the funding and the other criteria you've got meet up with you with your, your references and so on um, can you tell us a bit about your training program for these people yeah so we have a really exciting training program that we developed for uh, our own um, uh, corporate locations that we've developed over the years um, I found that especially making food from scratch uh, you know, a lot uh, we get in all these fruits and veggies. It's really critical that uh, in order to keep quality and consistency, we really needed to have a robust training program. So as we began to uh, look at franchising and developing a franchising program, we were able to take the training program that we'd already developed and develop it for franchisees. Um, it starts off where they have online training, um, and then it moves to the um, the the stage where they actually come and spend um, a couple weeks with us here in Washington, D.C., um, and we actually have a, a whole um, uh, back-of-the-house uh, kitchen that is set up uh, as a training kitchen where they're able to learn how to make our product, they learn our values, they learn our processes, um, all right in the in the back kitchen, and then when, when they're ready to... Um, you know, when they've gotten the processes down, then they are able to move into uh, one of our storefront locations to finish off their training. 
And then um, when they do actually open their location, we actually uh, will, will come out with our team to, to help them get started and, and uh, uh, with opening their location. So it's a really robust um, and exciting training program that we've been able to develop. Fantastic. Well, the opportunity of having, as you say, you've done it with hundreds of staff first is is a, is, is is something that's quite uh, quite a quite a benefit for you. Yeah. So you've, you've obviously done that well, and you obviously I can I mean I can tell the passion and the enthusiasm in your voice right from the, when we introduced each other. So uh, that's great. So so c- coming back to you know looking at your situation, um, what what would be the advice you'd give to aspiring entrepreneurs, people looking to to buy a franchise? What what is it that um what, how would you direct them? Yeah, so if if um, entrepreneurs are are wanting to buy a franchise, I would I would first off recommend that you know they 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 think about what do they want to do uh, for the next twenty years of their life because you know. A lot of people don't realize, but they, but the, they say that the average uh, franchisee franchisor relationship is uh, can be up to 20 years and um, or around 20 years. And I think that it's really critical for people to think, you know, what is it that I really am passionate about? What am I excited about? And um, what do I want to invest not just the next uh, few years of my life into, but what is it that I really want to do um, for the next uh, 10 to 20 years? And um, and so that as they begin, begin looking at franchise options, they really are, are having that uh, uh, key question in mind. Um, what is it that I can pour my life into, pour my heart into, and, and really uh, still enjoy this in years to come? I like that. That's, that's, uh, that's really looking at the long term. I thought that discourages people who may be looking to come in and make a quick buck and you know, set up, sell out, and move on, sort of thing, uh, which obviously aren't helpful for you. Um, so, looking at the other side of the fence, from your point of view, I suppose, from what you've learned in your transition from being a corporate owner um, to a franchisor, what what advice would you give to to people who perhaps saying, well, you know what, maybe I'd like to be a franchisor, and I could convert my business into a franchise, or even start a new a new concept as a franchise. What what would be your advice to them? Yeah, so I think my biggest advice would be, um, you know, I really have learned through the years as an entrepreneur that it's very important for me to know my own strengths and to also know my own weaknesses, um, because it's you know it's easy for um, it's easy for a lot of us to know our strengths and, and not really think about our weaknesses, but when we do that, we end up uh, we end up running a company kind of lopsided, um, and, and so what I what I've really focused on through the years is where am I where am my strengths at as a CEO and as an entrepreneur that I really bring to the table and bring to this team and what my weaknesses are where can I find the right team members the right people to really um, help in those areas where where my weaknesses are actually their strengths and and that has just helped tremendously as I've built this brand I we have a, we have such an amazing talented uh, that you know I feel like honestly I feel like we could almost do anything together almost any concept and we would thrive and 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 I would I can only say that because you know for example one of my weaknesses is is uh, uh, you know I struggle a lot with keeping my desk organized and, and keeping <laughs> my emails organized and 
you know, just keeping all the to-do lists and tasks uh, organized. And, and so I have uh, somebody that I work with on my team, and, and that's a big part of her job is keeping on top of all the things that need to be organized for me. And she's so good at it, and she enjoys it. And, and we make such a good team um, because I've been able to find somebody who is really strong in an area where I'm weaker. But, you know, she prefer not to be uh, the visionary who's out, you know, speaking to the whole team and, and, and leading the way, which is one of my big strengths. And, and you know, she's able to let, allow me to, to um, you know, be the boss and CEO in, in that way. And so I really encourage people to reflect on what their own strengths or weakness and weaknesses are and make sure that they have uh, the people in their lives that are strong where they are weak. That, that's an excellent lesson for anybody in, in, in business, I think, and in life, in fact, and uh, a core part of our training and recruitment programs with our members and clients we work with is uh, actually recognizing that. And it's interesting because from hearing you talking there, I don't know if you're familiar with the DISC profile, but that's a pretty simple sort of psychometric test that we use and refer people to. But you're a high D who's a driver. The last thing you want to do is fiddle around with the bits and pieces. So you're your EA or whoever who helps you, she's obviously a, a, a high S who's a supporter. So that gives you the, the, the matrix to work well together. So you, you mentioned something there about, you know, recognizing that. And one of the comments one hears from time to time from the, the, the experts is the ability of a good CEO or manager is to find and retain people are better than they are. <laughs> and uh, um, and it brings to mind as well there's uh, an excerpt of Jim Collins who I respect enormously and uh, he says that the common denominator of the best CEOs actually isn't what you would imagine because the mixture of people is so different some of them are very empathetic some aren't he said but the common denom denominator is humility and that, that being okay. humble is just so critically important you've obviously cracked that it's in your nature um, look, um, if you were starting again, is there anything you'd do different, Greg? Yeah, that's just a, that's a wonderful question. I love that. You know, I, and, and I would answer that with, uh, you, you know, coming right back to what we just talked about. It, you know, I've, another one of my areas of, of weakness is that, you know, when it comes to the details of the numbers, Sometimes I get blurry-eyed when I'm looking at the, the spreadsheet, and, and I just have a, a hard time with, with the details. And, and so, you know, now I have working with us just a phenomenal uh, CFO um, group that has come in, and, and they've really uh, helped us as we've prepared for franchising. They've really helped get all the numbers just, uh, just uh, you know, figured out and all the percentages, making sure that when we have uh, franchisees that join the team, that, you know, making sure that they're going to be able to be truly successful. Um, and and we, we, before we move forward with deciding that we were going to franchise, we, we made sure that that CFO group was really feeling confident about the numbers. And, and you know, I wish I would have brought them in uh, eight years ago when we first started because it's just so wonderful to have that financial expertise and that financial knowledge. So I would definitely say, you know, if I were to start over um, again, and, and one lesson that I would learn is, is, is bringing back that, um, you know, making sure that I would have reflected even more in the early days about where is it that I'm weak that I really need to bring that strength in. 
Fantastic. So, um, Fantastic. I, I love that observation. So for those of you listening, you wonder why we're trying to hammer in the fact it doesn't matter what you are, franchisee, franchisor, you need you need to have those, those uh, elements covered. In other words, the bits and pieces, the detail, the running around, your emails, as Greg referred to, and various other things. And then I knew that was coming, Greg. The detail should really come to the money because that's a classic for, for an entrepreneur. There's too many bright, shining objects <laughs> out there. So, yeah, the CF. And it's a big step for people to take in early days because it's often a big investment. You know, the biggest challenge to growth is funding. And uh, you've got to step in yeah. and say, crikey, I can't, can't pay myself. But I've got to pay someone decent to look after the, after the numbers. But if you don't, you're lucky to survive. And you, you credit to you that you've done it and survived in the early days. Cause I'm sure you were juggling a few balls in the air from time to time. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, it's been fantastic talking to you and I, I just, just mentioned as an analogy to people what's so interesting talking to Greg he's obviously a, a bit of a futurist as well because um, I look at, at his business and the way he started I mean he travelled around the states this is no idle feat you know uh, no doubt went to hundreds of restaurants really really studied the marketplace in a different way whilst they're a different food talk if you look at Type. If you look at Subway and Fred DeLuca, the way he started, you know, 40 years ago, was looking at a few different little takeaways and sandwich shops, took a bit from each and then started off with Subway. And he found a model and he's grown it and grown it to nearly 50,000 outlets now, I'm not suggesting fruit would be that scale, but the opportunity obviously is huge in that marketplace. And uh, it's just interesting looking at these case studies, and I applaud appeal to all of you look at these case studies read about these different types of people because you pick bits and pieces from all of them so uh, one little quick question what was the toast that's your most popular dish <laughs> what, what was that what, what's the toast you said your the, the your most popular dish on your menu the thing you sell the most of was it was it some sort of toast was it yeah it's our avocado toast avocado oh okay and uh, yeah <laughs> Ah, uh, look, yeah, that, it, 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 very, very popular. It's called a, a, a smashed avocado or avocado smash, where it's just sort of, you know, mushed into the toast on the on a plate. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Yes, that's that's in most most cafes. In fact, it's a very popular dish. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, look, great, been wonderful talking to you. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Could talk for ages, um, and we may well, may well talk again. Um, anything you'd like to add, just as we close? Yeah, if, um, if anyone wants to uh, learn more about our uh, our company or our franchise, you know, you can come to fruitive.com. Um, you could follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Um, you could also, if you're interested in our franchise options, you can go to fruitivefranchise.com. Um, and we have a contact form there on our website. So if you want to um, contact us right through the contact form, we'd love to hear from you. And, and then finally, if you're interested in plant-based eating, you know, welcome you to come over to plantbased.com and and just uh, read through some of our blog posts. And uh, you know, we'd love to we'd love to hear from you if you want to uh, you know reach out to us. Fantastic. Well, it's been a delightful experience talking with, with Greg Shockley today, and uh, I must say we're indebted to you, Greg, for giving us so much of your time. And I'm sure everyone will join me in saying uh, it's been a privilege having the opportunity of getting to know you and hearing. Well, I think are indeed words of wisdom that we can all learn from. So, as Greg mentioned, if you want to get in contact with him, uh, go to fruitive.com or fruitivefranchise.com.
com or franchising.com and uh, off we go from there. So um, anyone got any questions or whatever, love to hear from you. Um, and uh, just like to say that uh, I'm signing off here. It's Brian Keane from Franchise Simply. Looking forward to being with you when we conduct our next interview for our following Franchise Radio Show. Thank you and goodbye.